1: We can expect God to do something dramatic and miraculous just before his return. Are you anticipating that? Do you believe it by faith that God is going to do something through you? That you as a believer, as a child of God, will be filled with God's
2: spirit? That God will powerfully work through you to light this area with the gospel? That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. Keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. Here is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. We are journeying through a series
1: of four studies on the Holy Spirit And let's summarize what we've done in the first two studies. We looked at the fact that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. We looked at the evidence of that from Scripture. And we focused particularly on John 16, verse 7, where Jesus says, It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I didn't go away, I wouldn't send the Holy Spirit to you. Now imagine that you lived 2,000 years ago, And that you were one of those disciples. And you had been with Jesus. You had seen Jesus touch the eyes of the blind and they were opened. You saw Jesus touch the ears of the deaf and they were unstopped. You saw Jesus touch the withered man's arm and it was healed. You watched as Jesus forgave the woman caught in adultery. And you felt such joy and peace in his presence. And then just before the crucifixion, Jesus says, I'm going to be leaving you. How would you have felt? And then he says, it's to your advantage that I go away. Would you have challenged Jesus at that point? Would you have said, Jesus, I don't quite get it. What do you mean that it's to your advantage that I go away? It's not my advantage, Lord. I'm not going to see you anymore. You're going to be gone. And then Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you and through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I will be closer to you than my personal presence. Have you grasped the reality of that promise, that you can have a more intimate experience with Jesus today based on his own word through the ministry of the Holy Spirit than you could if he were here personally? Have you grasped the reality of the fact That the Holy Spirit is not some force to be used, not some influence to be manipulated, but the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. And it is through the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ dwells in our heart and lives within us. Then we studied the parable of the ten virgins. In the Gospel of Matthew, there are 21 parables. 14 of them are kingdom of heaven parables. Every kingdom of heaven parable speaks about the church. And so you remember in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks about the signs of his coming. In Matthew chapter 25, he talks about readiness for his coming. And we studied the fact that the 10 virgins were all members of the church. They were part of God's true church. They had pure doctrine, but they were missing something in their life. They were missing the intimacy of an experience with Jesus that comes through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. During this presentation, we're going to focus on what the Bible calls the latter rain. And as we do that, let's just bow our heads and ask the Spirit to be with us. Father, we know we don't have to ask because the Spirit is already here, but we would pray that our hearts would be open to sense the Spirit that we would sense the moving of your spirit among us. Come and fill our hearts, we pray thee, and do for us exceedingly more than we could ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen. My topic during this period of time is the promised revival. I want you to come with me to London. London is one of the most magnificent cities in the world. I want to ask you this question. What do you think about... When you think about London, what's the first word that comes to your mind when you think about? Sophisticated, cultured. When you think about London, what else do you think about? You think about education. When you think about London, you think about wealth. When you think about London, you think about the teeming masses, 8 million people. When some people think about London, they think about London bridges, Other people think about Big Ben. Other people think about Westminster Abbey. A number of years ago in London, there was a man sitting on London Bridge, sitting on a little stool, and he was playing his violin. Did I say playing a violin? He was squeaking away with that violin. Have you ever heard somebody try to play a violin? squeaking back and forth. You want to put your hands on your ears, right? And so he's squeaking away at this old violin. And he has his violin case opened. You can almost imagine him. And people are coming by. They're dropping in 10 pence. They're dropping in maybe a pound, but very little is happening. And the guy plays for about an hour, and there's almost nothing at all that's dropped in his case. Pretty soon a man walks by. Here's this squeaky old violin. As he hears the violin, he stops. And he says to the man, can you hand me your violin for a moment? And as he begins to play on London Bridge, there is the most magnificent concert that human ears have ever heard on that bridge. Cars begin to stop. People begin to gather around and somebody whispers, it is the famous violinist Paganini. It's Paganini. What made the difference? What made the difference was whose hand the violin was in. You can take an old common violin, and you put it in the hands of the master, and that makes all the difference in the world. When you and I surrender our lives to Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into our life, our lives are dramatically changed. Christianity is not merely an intellectual head thing where we accept a certain creedal doctrine, but it's rather a living transformation through the Spirit of God. And one of the clear teachings of Scripture is this, that Without the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the changes that we want to make in our lives, we are powerless to make. And without the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it's impossible for us to be the witnesses to reach the world. Let's take a look at some of the promises of God in Scripture. What God is going to do in the last days of Earth's history through a people... That are fully possessed with and consumed by the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, let's take it and first turn to the Revelation chapter 18. We're going to look here at verse 1. Revelation 18, verse 1. There are promises in the Bible that reveal what God is going to do through a people that are totally consecrated to Him in the last days of verse history. And you look at Revelation, the 18th chapter, and the first verse. And after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. The Bible teaches that in the final days of earth's history, God is going to work powerfully, that there will be miraculous manifestations of the Spirit of God. The church may appear to be making little impact on the world today. But in the final analysis, the church is not going to flicker like some candle and go out in the breeze. But God is going to work through his people in miraculous ways. Go back to Matthew, the 24th chapter. And you'll notice what Jesus says in Matthew, chapter 24. And look there at verse 14. Jesus makes an incredible promise. Matthew, the twenty-fourth chapter, the fourteenth verse. Jesus makes this promise. He says, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Does he say may be preached? Is that what he says? Does he say it'll be possible it'll be preached? This gospel of the kingdom, what does he say, everybody? Will be preached. How far will it be preached? To all the world, as a witness to all nations, then the end will come. So here's the promise of God. Just before the second coming of Christ, the Holy Spirit will be poured out in powerful ways. So incredibly powerful that the gospel will be carried quickly to the ends of the earth. Now, the Bible calls this major outpouring of the Holy Spirit the latter rain. We find this in the book of James. You can go over to James chapter 5, and you'll notice this. James, the fifth chapter. If we expect the coming of Jesus soon, we can also expect the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We can expect that Jesus will do something miraculous. We can expect that St. Albans and Garston and Stanborough Park and Watford will be lighted with the glory of God through consecrated Bible-believing Seventh-day Adventist Christians sitting in this church in Stanborough Park who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We can expect God to do something dramatic and miraculous just before his return. Are you anticipating that? Do you believe it by faith that God is going to do something through you, that you as a believer, as a child of God, will be filled with God's Spirit, that God will powerfully work through you to light this area with the gospel? Now, the Bible calls that final outpouring of the
2: Holy Spirit the latter rain. We read
1: about this in James, the
2: fifth chapter. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. Now, the Bible calls that final outpouring of the Holy Spirit
1: the latter rain. We read about this in James, the fifth chapter. So if you have your Bible, turn just past the book of Hebrews to the book of James. You'll find it in James, chapter 5, and we're looking at verse 7. James, chapter 5, verse 7. "'Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord,' See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waits patiently for it until he receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws near. Now notice the expression the early and latter rain. That comes from the agricultural cycle of Israel. Now I've heard some people say, well the early rain will fall in the spring, the latter rain will fall in the fall. Not necessarily different agricultural cycle in Israel. In Israel, typically... The planting takes place around September. The gentle early rain falls to germinate the seed, and that takes place someplace around September. When you come through the agricultural cycle, About in the spring, the grain planted in September begins to now come to fruition. And there is what's called the latter rain to bring everything that has been sowed to fruition. God promises that the seeds that you have sown, you've been praying for sons and daughters that don't know Christ. You brought them up here to go to Stanborough School and some of them have drifted away, haven't they? Your heart's broken about that. You brought them up in Sabbath school. They no longer come. You're here alone. You're here as a woman and your husband's not with you. You wish your brother or sister were here and you've been praying for them. Every prayer is lodged in the most holy place of heaven's sanctuary where Jesus is. And when the Holy Spirit is poured out in final power, some of those sons and daughters And husbands and wives and brothers and sisters are going to come with brokenhearted and join you here. You've been praying for your neighbors. You're praying for your working associates. Occasionally you give them a book. They watch this live streaming in their homes and they don't come. But you've talked to them about it. When the Holy Spirit is poured out in the fullness of God's power, Jesus is going to touch their hearts and bring them back. We can have that hope and grasp that reality. The books that we've given out, the literature that we've passed out, the prayers that we have offered, all of that is going to come to fruition in what God calls his final movement of latter power. But that should lead us to a question. And the question is, when and why? When will this mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit take place? God's pouring out his spirit now. But when will this mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit take place? And why hasn't it taken place yet? And that maybe leads us to a third question. What can I do, what can you do to be filled with the Holy Spirit in our own personal lives? What can this church do to be totally, absolutely filled with the Spirit of God? What can happen? Let's take a look at that let's look at some basic prerequisites for an individual to be totally, absolutely filled with the Spirit. Does your heart long for more in your Christian faith? Do you long for more than simply coming to church and going and leaving the same person? Do you long for more than simply coming to church and singing a few hymns? But do you long for the Spirit to come to fill this place, to fill your heart? Do you long to be that transformational person in your community? What are some of the prerequisites in Scripture for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Let's look at a few. Take your Bible, please, and we're going to look at two of them to start. First, Zechariah, the 10th chapter. Zechariah, chapter 10. And we're looking at Zechariah, the 10th chapter, and the first verse. Zechariah chapter 10, and you're looking at Zechariah 10 and verse 1. Here, the ancient prophet shares with us just how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 10, verse 1. Ask for the Lord reign in the time of the latter rain. And the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field. Notice what God says. He says, ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. And you remember what Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke. Take your Bible and turn over to Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. Luke 11, verse 13. The Holy Spirit is poured out upon a people that are seeking it, a people that are asking for it. Luke chapter 11, and we're looking there at verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? So here is a very basic question. It's a very fundamental question. Sometimes the complicated aspects of Christian faith can overwhelm the simplicity of Christian faith. Are you asking God every day for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you kneeling before God and saying, God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon my life. Take away in my heart anything that would keep me from being filled with the Spirit. Are there groups of people that come each Sabbath morning here to this church before the church begins and pray that the Holy Spirit will come down? You know, a number of years ago, my wife and I specifically decided to move into a community where there was no Seventh-day Adventist church. We wanted to go to a place where there were no Adventists so we could be some kind of witness in that community. The nearest Adventist church to us was about 25 minutes away drive, and that church had 30 members. And it had 30 members for 30 years. Most of those members were old. They had no Sabbath school for children because they had no children. Well, I should say this. Occasionally, somebody might bring a child, and these old members would look around and say, we better have a Sabbath school for a child today because there's one child here. My wife and I consciously joined that church, The building was an old, ramshackled building. Do you know the word ramshackled in Britain? I don't know if that's an Americanism or not. I mean, that building was old. The paint was peeling off. I mean, the place was old. In fact, in that little room, they had posts. When you're going to watch the preacher, you had to stick your head around a post to see where the preacher was. Well, we chose to join that church. We began to cast vision in that little congregation. And talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Talk about what God could do. Talk about the fact that when the Spirit of God moved, that changes would take place. And we challenged that congregation to have people at that church at 9 o'clock on Sabbath morning praying. And people would come, not large numbers, 5 people, 6 people, 8 people. And they would come and be kneeling, praying to God, saying, God, send your spirit to this place today. God, fill this place with your Holy Spirit. God, move in this community. God, we have been 30 members for so many years. We cannot do anything without your spirit. One day, I was invited to preach in that church, and I get up to preach, and I noticed that a lady was in the congregation who I had never seen before. Now when you have 30 members and the youngest member is about 64 years old and a young woman of 52 comes in, I mean, you notice every visitor when you only have 30 people. And so I got up to speak and I saw this lady, a new lady walked in. And so after the service I said, man, I gotta talk to this lady. So I went up to speak to her and I said, And, you know, I've been in ministry 50 years, but I never cease to be amazed what people tell me. And this woman told me something that I had never heard in 50 years of ministry. You know, I was trying to be gracious, and I simply smiled at her, and I said, Madam, I am so delighted to see you. What brought you here today? She said, Pastor, God kicked me in the pants, and I had to come. I had never heard a lady tell me that before, that God kicked her in the pants and she got out of bed and she had to come to church that Sabbath morning. So I said, there must be a story behind this. Tell me about it. She said, I'm a pilot. I fly from Dulles Airport to Los Angeles. I used to be a Seventh-day Adventist, but I've drifted far away. I had no idea that you, Mark Finley, were here today. No clue. I had driven by this church a number of times. But this morning when I woke up, I was overwhelmed. I just felt such a conviction in my heart. I was driven. I had to be at this church today. And do you know what? I've been watching you on the Internet. I've been listening to you. And the Spirit of God brought me here this morning. I am convinced we have seen miracle after miracle after miracle Small groups of people are meeting to pray. The chief financial administrator of a very large military base outside of Washington, D.C. walked into our church because his wife got up so convicted in the evening that she had to find hope. And she saw the name of our church, Living Hope. I was standing at the door about three weeks ago at the church. A man came out, gave me his card from the State Department, found us on the Internet, said, God told me to come, I had to come. A psychiatrist in our city with his family
2: is coming to church because he felt so impressed. Well, unfortunately, we need to leave it there for today's message. We'll pick up next time where we left off. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.